Yeah. She's bitter because Sabrina got white privilege. And we're the ghouls next door. Yeah. Talking about spooky stuff in the spookiest season of all. Yes. You know. It is October and it is our favorite time of the year because it's when everyone decides they can be spooky. Mm -hmm. I'm going to knit so much. (laughs) Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm not even going to go outside. I'm just going to knit to knit, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Just to have a hobby. Pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> but still spooky. We can all cosplay inside. Yes, that's very true. You can you can have Halloween inside where it is safe. You can do Zoom Halloween parties. It's it's literally just gonna be like make your favorite drink. Get a bunch of candy. Yeah. Eat that candy. Watch scary movies together. Yeah. It's like my Halloween dream. Yours <laughs> yeah. no because extra no, version. I but I'm people. like Wait. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me I'm no longer obligated to human? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sign 100%. Me up. Sign yes, me up, please. man. Yeah. Dreams. <laughs> yeah. I um it's a it's a whole new kind of world that we're living in. Uh, you know, social distance times. If you're watching mm-hmm. and also listening, you probably hear a bit of a muffle. It's because we're wearing masks. Because we are practicing safety, safety social distancing, safety. and you know, protecting ourselves and loved ones by not transmitting our breath and air and body fluids. Nothing says love a- like keeping your fluids and your air to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes, that's very true. That's what we always say. Mm-hmm. You're at the ghouls. <laughs> yeah. So this is you know what October spooky month 2020 looks like. Which is masks and, you know, costumes inside. Maybe we survived that comment. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Right? Isn't that Yeah, that's happening. There's Maybe uh, the two full moons this month. There's one at the first and one on the 31st. That's a blue moon or something. Blue moon? It's like a special colored moon on October 31st. Dear Lord. And it's a Saturday. It was going to be a really cool Halloween. And now it's just the precursor to whatever our American government looks like in the following days. I've been training. So positive stuff all around is what we're trying to say. Yeah. (laughs) So usually in October, um, we do kind of like a throwback to the classics. Uh, Last year we did some classic writers. The Mm -hmm. year before that was like the foundational classic writers plus Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. This year we're doing things a little different. We took a month off. We took a break. Um, but we're back. And there's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff to, to go around. But we had this cool idea to do in a, a series called The Kids Are All Right. Mm-hmm. Where we are, you know, featuring um, stories about youth. Yeah. Coming of age, you know. Yeah. Learn who they are. Existing. Being mm-hmm. a people. Yes. Um, but like older now. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a pivotal point in your life. Good yeah. or bad. Yeah. Um, 
And it's such a movie topic. Yeah. Movie TV, any, any kind of media. They're like, yeah, remember how awful middle and high school was? Let's let's just focus all of our unprocessed emotions, fears, and otherwise and put it into some good old fun television slash yeah. movie. It's like we can relate to that because mm-hmm. no matter how good your life is, like it, you still had a rough, like there are still parts of your youth where you're like, this sucked. Like, my mm-hmm. body was doing weird stuff. That person I liked didn't like me. Or, like, I didn't get the thing I wanted because my parents didn't get it for me. Or, you know, like, yeah. It's, Long it's, list of possibilities of ways that your life can be impacted as a child. Yes. Um, today we are talking about a trope um, that comes up a lot in TV and film and media and comics, because specifically we're talking about a comic turned, uh, or graphic novel turned uh, into a show. Um, last week we talked about a graphic novel turned into a show. This is also on Netflix. Maybe <laughs> so, we just do, the kids are all right, but only in graphic novel into show. Times. Or like a media into a show. Yeah. Because next week is a book into a, into a film. See, we're doing it. <laughs> so um, today we're going to be talking about The Chosen One, and specifically we're talking about Sabrina Spellman of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So not the classic Sabrina the Teenage Witch, um, which had Melissa Joan Hart, which is just like heartfelt, fun, yeah, teen comedy, like, you know, My So-Called Life. Mm-hmm. It was just... Which was super, what, uh, what's her name in real life? Clarissa explains it all. Oh. She's also in that. She's like very much the Claire teen- Danes. Yeah, she's the teenager going through stuff. We're gonna watch her grow up. Yeah, kind of child actress time. Yeah, um, she didn't explain any of this though, and I <laughs> want her to come back and tell us what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's not Melissa Joan Hart. It is Kiernan Shipka from uh, known originally from Mad Men. She's mm. the daughter of, um, you know, dude, because John the Hamm. Yep. Uh, I forget his name in the show. Uh, and, you know, she's grown up, and now she's a teen, and she's sassy, and she's Sabrina Spellman, slash Morningstar, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot for this, this series. Um, there's four seasons. There's three. There's a fourth one either coming or it's out already. Did you see if it was out? Mm. I think it's just three right now. But it, it got canceled at four. Which mm-hmm. this is fine. You'll find out at the end of this episode. It's totally fine. And also just like great. Um, it is yeah. our third year anniversary. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah. Which is apparently the leather anniversary. We looked it up. And yeah. as a vegetarian, occasional vegan. Same. No, it's, it's, we're not. Pleather. Pleather. That's allowed. It's the year of pleather. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for uh, uh, a gift for our anniversary, uh, leave us a comment or, you know, like and subscribe on iTunes and on YouTube. Become a subscriber. We love hearing yeah. from you. And it's great to have that support, especially after being here for three years. We have a hefty backlog of episodes. So let us know what you like, what you didn't like, and we'll grow together. It's going to be great. Just uh, give us your love. That's all we want. Channel it. Yeah. <laughs> into word form in the way of comments and stars. <laughs> yes. Like, it fuels us. Sadly, that's all we have. Like, that's what we... Yeah, we don't make money. Of. So let's one talk day, about... Maybe. Yeah, one day. 
let's talk about Netflix's Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So, this adaptation of the Sabrina the Teenage Witch Tale is a dark coming-of-age story that traffics in horror and the occult. In the reimagined origin story, Sabrina Spellman wrestles to reconcile her dual nature, half-witch, half-mortal. While standing against the evil forces that threaten her, her family, including aunts Hilda and Zelda, in the daylight world humans inhabit. So, we have Sabrina. She's half-witch. She's half-human. Classic tale. Um, yeah. You know, as a, as a, a mixed person myself... I understand. It's hard. You're just towing the, the line. It's like, where do I exist, right? Which could have been a really awesome opportunity to kind of, you know, talk about <laughs> being mixed and, and all of that. We don't get that at all. Nope. Uh, she struggles with her humanity for like a few minutes, season one, really. Oh, blip. It's like, it's like there, but it's not. Like, you know the whole time that she's just going to... And I think that's, so Sabrina's this chosen one in that, you know, from the start, we know that there's something special about her. She knows there's something special about her and it's gone straight to her head and it is always there. Yep. Arrogance and just like a lot of problems. Yeah. It's a lot of problematic elements. Yeah. To her, just her, her being. Yeah. Who she is and how she is. Yeah, the I the chosen one or like the protagonist. I, I'm not a big fan of protagonists in general. Uh, I think protagonist armor kind of takes away from the uh, the real fear of of things. Um, and I think chosen ones are really hard because there is a cockiness and a confidence that comes with that role. And oftentimes, like even when they're struggling with like taking on such a important role as to like save the world mm-hmm. and take care of the people you love with great power comes great responsibility trope. They still are like cocky about it. <laughs> like It's still yeah. like, why do they get to do this? And like, you know, um, but there's ways that you can make people human and, and make them relatable. So like, um, although there are plenty of issues to be said about Buffy, the vampire slayer, of the show, um, there are some highlights to it in that Buffy is flawed mm-hmm. and does confront things where she's like, oftentimes just like, I wish I could just be a teenage girl and go to school. I hate this. Um, the series itself also does not do justice for people of color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> and I think she also kind of fights with that too. Eventually she's like breaking these um, things by like allowing other slayers to exist and kind of like pushing forth this revolution of sorts. Mm-hmm. And so there is like positive parts to that and in uh, some feminism, but being a Joss Whedon product is only going to go so far. Yeah. And that's just kind of like, at the end of the day, that's what happens. The same thing with, um, which I'll like reference later, um, with failed feminism would be like uh, American Horror Stories Coven, mm. which did not do justice to the feminist movement or to intersectionality in the feminist movement. And this show also fails that. Yeah, it like goes in really like pushing hard that it is the epitome of intersectionality. There's a diverse cast, like they got all this going and it's like, this is a lie. <laughs> it yeah. didn't do that. Like, it just shows, like, how not in touch with what you're trying... Like, you're just trying to be, like, uh, trendy. Yeah. 
essentially, and totally missing the mark is what happened with Sabrina. Yeah, same thing um, with AHS. So, mm-hmm. like, I think it's it's the hip topic, and you think just having people of color in a cast or as characters is enough, and it's not. Because it's how they're being represented. It is if they have autonomy, how they're being used by our protagonists. If they matter, it's kind of like the sexy lamp test <laughs> in its own way. But it's like, you know, the the Ava DuVernay test of like, <laughs> does this character talk about something else other than race? Is it like, do they get a scene where they get to talk to another person of their color? Like, you mm-hmm. know, like in their background. So there's like all these elements that you, that when you put your media analysis glasses on, it, it kind of shows the flaws of this program. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not read the graphic novel. I know a bit about kind of the context of it and her her personal struggles. So we won't kind of go into that. Um, there's also some things that are, are decent about the show. And I think any of the decency comes from any of the other characters and them just trying. And it's literally just the existence of Sabrina that makes everyone else suffer. Mm-hmm. Like she brings the pain for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like she's the reason why no one can move forward or like be happy because they're all second best. And yeah. they all have to like, you know, bend to her whims because she gets whatever she wants. And they have to clean up her messes and take on the pain that she's causing. And then when they have the audacity to be like, I'm in pain. I'm suffering from PTSD from literally being in hell for you, my love. Oh, I guess I should get over it so we can get back to being a high school couple. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> but like, like, I mean, one of the characters that I think is great to have in a show is Theo. Um who is a trans character and is played by Lachlan, who's this amazing uh, actor. I enjoy watching them on social media. Um, they're a phenomenal, like, role model for young people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gorgeous and fun and, like, really bring a lot to this character. But I think, again, anytime Sabrina is interacting with that character or trying to help them, it's it's a negative thing. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a twist and a... It's problematic in its own way. Uh, you have the character of Roz, which gets more, you know, screen time. She is not just the are you okay black friend, you know, but she still is kind of being painted as second best again because mm-hmm. of Harvey. Um, and yeah, so there's like all these elements. And there's also thinking of like, what are the Walker family women who are seers? Like, what is their history with the Spellmans? Mm-hmm. and the witches of this area that they are forced to be blind like w- yeah um, uh what are we doing here but we also like just in um in media when it comes to witches witches have time and time again been this like uh theme or tool to explain feminism or to kind of do that which is i think is interesting because oftentimes it's you know white women who are at the front of these stories Mm -hmm. and it's oftentimes it's satan lucifer black um philip right so it's a man at the crux of it that they that gives them the power Mm -hmm. right and so and then their power is that they're naked in the woods right (laughs) like those kinds of things right and in a lot of those tales that we grew up hearing, like when you think of the Salem witch trials, right? 
it is white women at the the front of it and the at the outcast and the ones who are the original scapegoats and the original tools for for violence is like Chichiba. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it's like the black like there's witches in other countries. Like we have brujas, mm-hmm. you know, like or you have like like whenever they bring up their like New Orleans, right? There's witches there, and it's like always this really awful representation, like or like underrepresentation or misrepresentation, where mm-hmm. they're always less powerful <laughs> than the white people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also just like this like bastardization of what the culture actually was and like just very much trying to make it as like ooh, look at the white people interact with the magic it's it's definitely very cringy yeah and even (laughs) and even in sabrina you get a lot of that Mm -hmm. like it's just kind of like a total disregard for kind of like the long history of one like slavery and the abuse of people of color and black people specifically um and like practicing just like their own cultural and religious beliefs and how it's like being twisted into kind of like satanist and it's like that's not it's yeah. a whole thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot of articles about it that uh we both read so yeah <laughs> yeah so i i there's like several layers to sabrina that i kind of wanted to go into there's the chosen one and why I think Sabrina is a problematic chosen one. And then there's also just the shows as just failing in intersectionality and feminism. And because that's like what it like, at least feminism is where it's trying to like, that's the theme of the mm-hmm. show was that she's, you know, fighting against the patriarchy. Blackwood is toxic. He's like the, you know, the head and, and he's so he believes in like Judas and, and all of that. You know, subordinate women. Yeah. Like, does that to Hilda? Is it Hilda? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And he has this belief of like, these women are just tools, even though they're the, the majority. And then we find like Lilith who is trying to, f- who had the power and helped Lucifer only to get stabbed in the back and be, you know, subordinate herself. And she had the opportunity to be something bigger. And this using the story of Lilith is so phenomenal too, because um, Lilith itself with the story is, is so great because it kind of diverts from that typical like women are made from men and therefore mm-hmm. just be submissive instead it's that you know the tale of Lilith is that when God made man he also made woman he made them at the same time because mm-hmm. he says God made man and woman and then later God made Eve right so it's this idea that there was a woman who was equal to him but would not bow down and so she was cast out and then she lay with monsters and made monsters. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this idea that there's two women out there. There's two kinds of women. <laughs> there's the submissive and then there's the Liliths who are like, I'm not going to bow down to what you say, which is like also incorrect. Like we, we're just people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, there, it, it definitely tries to be like, you know, because we have Sabrina, who's our heroine, we're supposed to be like all women are now better because she's doing it, mm-hmm. which is incorrect. Um I think parts of why I don't like Sabrina as a chosen one, or as a protagonist, really, is that she doesn't learn anything. She doesn't help anything, and she She doesn't doesn't learn anything. She doesn't take accountability for literally anything she does the entire show. No. No. She continuously puts people she loves in harm's way, and believes that, you know, everything will be right in the end, and, and unfortunately it is. Like, and oftentimes if not every single time at like the the behest of someone else that she cares about like someone else risks their life and and their safety 
so that she can do whatever crazy risky thing she wants to do. And then she thinks, like, she just never realizes, she, like, doesn't say thank you. Yeah. And she doesn't apologize. Like, all of her apologizes are, apologies are weak. And, like, it's more of, like, I'm sorry you're mad that I didn't tell you these things. Yeah. I think it's just very true to her, like, privilege and just, like, her just being, like, I'm owed this. Yeah. I'm the chosen one. So, like, y'all had to do it anyway. Yeah. Like, she never has to fight for it. She just is it, right? And she just, like, wakes up every day and is, like, whatever I think is correct. Is that? And it's going to work out because the world said so. And that's just it. One of the biggest things of season three, and again, spoilers everywhere, um, is that at the end of season two, Nick, her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. solves her problem for her. And decides to trap Lucifer in his body and be in hell where he's tormented. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because of her problem. Like she did it. It's her fault, but he's the only one who can do it. Mm-hmm. And so then she, he does. And then as soon as we open on season three, episode one, he's not in hell anymore. She went and got him. She's yep. wa- like, we made it like it was going to be this atrocious, like awful, like, impactful situation that she would have to deal with. Like, deal with the guilt of that her whole life. Not at all. She literally wakes up and she's like, gonna go stroll to hell. Gonna go get I'm gonna take my friends who I've heretofore said, like, that I wanted to keep from my witch life because it's dangerous. They can come on in. Come on in, you guys. Help me save my boyfriend that I, you know, I'm not gonna say I did it, but (laughs) whatever. Uh, And then she goes, she gets him, and then he's, I mean, how dare him? How dare you have PTSD from literally fighting with the devil inside of himself. And she's like, uh, (laughs) like, I I know you're going through stuff and I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry, but don't. Okay. Yeah. I (laughs) mean, she's definitely just in love with the idea of him and not him. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like, and it's, it's a part of it is just like, how dare you insult me sabrina morningstar like she embraces her name and it becomes apparent that she loves the power and Mm -hmm. she always did and it doesn't matter who falls and who gets hurt because of it and that's where i find like she's not a chosen one she's definitely a villain she is the villain of this story and i think if we committed to that and it was like intentional and like other people knew that and were seen as the real protagonist, which is Prudence and Ambrose and literally all the other supporting characters like mm-hmm. Roz and Theo, not Harvey. Um, yeah. <laughs> like all of those other characters, that would, we would have something. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I read uh, an article called How Netflix's Sabrina Fails an Intersectional Feminist Promise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really goes into how basically every chance that is possible, uh, it tries to go away from any like person of color story or not cis white man time story and mm-hmm. like refocus on characters like Harvey or yeah. Sabrina or like any other like white character that is not in any way, like, cisgen- just a cisgendered white person. Um, and it goes again, like, you have all these, like, instances where they finally start to, uh, like, kind of untie certain things for and, like, give more character development to the people of color characters. But then it, like, quickly shifts back to Harvey's doing this now. 
Harvey loves Sabrina this whole time, not Roz. Uh, yeah. Roz is fine, because why? Uh, <laughs> yeah. How does that family, inter- as you said, with the Spellmans? We're colorblind. No one talks about these things. Uh, what's our history? Only Sabrina's history matters. Um, it's like a whole, it kind of just keeps going down and down and down. And it just, you have this whole kind of like white victim is what Sabrina is, but she's also like actively the villain. So as mm-hmm. you said, like, I think it would change the total dynamic if they just acknowledged that openly and let Prudence, like, shine. Yeah. yeah. And, like, there's this whole, like, you can kind of tell that the creators didn't really consider, like, what it, like, they basically made the cast have lots of people of color and, like, all of that, but they didn't consider what that meant. Like, they didn't intentionally do it. So, like, they kind of, like, don't give Prudence enough backstory. They don't really consider like her blackness in mm-hmm. her character and then yeah. you have like the scene where like the lynching and how like the white woman always wins in this scenario aka sabrina and it's like there's like this long list of ways that it failed yeah um and the article outlines that yeah well i mean like we have prudence right who in season one is supposed to be our villain more mm-hmm. or less like besides blackwood um and that she like is actively like tormenting sabrina and she comes with her sisters and like you know she's throwing around her like mud blood terminology which is just like disgusting to begin with but also mm-hmm. coming from like a, a black character and this is all we really know about her is that she's hateful to someone who's mixed when she herself is mixed not by witch and mortal uh, but by her race mm-hmm. and it, it, that to, to me it's like it's saying that sabrina's mixed nature of being like witch immortal mm-hmm. gets hierarchy over someone who's mixed because their race doesn't matter like that mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything to her like to, to prudence right and the fact that like she's constantly fighting for her father's approval in a story that's supposed to be feminist like she is she is one of the more strong characters like mm-hmm. she is very talented and she has she's been in this her whole life and she has constantly tried to get validation and to fight to get to this top and is and is within her right to do that. Like this mm-hmm. is she is the perfect member of this society. Like she embodies all the things that like the Satan worshiping witches are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And like you know cares about her sisters and she you know and if anything she's mad because Sabrina got a normal life. Yeah. She's bitter because Sabrina got white privilege. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, it's totally it because they're both like seem like orphans essentially. Yeah. They both had like a like the same cards laid out to them essentially Mm -hmm. um and sabrina just gets to do whatever the heck she wants and have everyone else around her clean it up for her with her privileged little white lady self and prudence is like i work hard (laughs) i deserve all the things you are getting and it's messed up yeah yeah i think there's also like with the existence of ambrose right so we have in season one he is stuck in the house um because he was involved in this uh kind of rebellion that was gonna Mm -hmm. you know i think kill the dark pope or something like there was like these things and and he was kind of like accidentally involved but he wasn't gonna Mm. snitch he wasn't gonna do any of that and and you know he was willing to kind of he had all these this pride and like like character mm-hmm. that later was kind of just thrown out and he was used as a tool. He was also very gay in, yeah. the, in the original seasons. And then with kind of interacting with Prudence, they've decided to make him bisexual. 
Which is like maybe like he very well could be bisexual this whole time, but I feel yeah. like they were very much just like we have two beautiful black people, <laughs> let's put them together because that's fun. Mm-hmm. And I think like we could have really just had a friendship. Yeah. Like I mean, don't get me wrong. I, they're both very beautiful, and I love seeing them together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like their character, their their relationship, would have been just as strong. Yeah. Had he remained just as this gay character, like, that's okay for him to be gay, mm-hmm. right? Just, like, to be a gay man, right? And to have Prudence be the the hypersexualized woman that she is and very confident. Because, um, like, even so, because she, she just doesn't care about men. So, to me, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't feel like she would really want to be with Ambrose in that way. Anyway, there's, like, they have parts where they're cleaning up like ambrose is always cleaning up sabrina's messes Mm -hmm. he is always doing that he's figuring out the spells for her he is the one who um finds magic for them in the third season he's out there looking for blackwood and the like his twins that are missing Mm -hmm. and like and then there's like the character their their um new orleans witch Mm -hmm. so they found a black witch and there's some tension there when she's brought in because that's like different magic mm. and that's magic that they the white women like hilda has to or not hilda is it no hilda's zelda the, hmm? there's two sisters yeah <laughs> hilda zelda zelda so zelda has like this problem with i think it was um mama something because of course um where she's just like we don't know those magics or mm-hmm. that magic is less real because it doesn't follow our mm-hmm. heretofore very patriarchal concept of what yeah. magic is. And then later I find out that she is very powerful. and But she's still diminished. Like, she still doesn't get, like, she still has to learn with them in this, mm. like, weird way instead of them being, like... Like, there are witches in other places. Like, I would love to see, like, a bruja come in. And especially because yeah. I was reading an article, I totally forget which one it was, that mentioned... Um, potentially that, uh, Chichiba from, um, what is that? What is, what is The Salem Witch Trials? Yeah. What was the, um. The article? No, the story, the book, the Crucible. Crucible. Yes. The Crucible. Chichiba's in that. But also, like, the the tales of of Chichiba. That Chichiba's actually a South American Mm -hmm. witch. (laughs) So, like, not even, like, the quintessential black witch that everyone is using as a scapegoat. Anyway, she mm-hmm. was still like, a servant. Anyway, um, like, that they're, like, <laughs> to, to have an existence of witchcraft mm-hmm. and magic, to make it, one, focus specifically on Christianity and white women, and to neglect that the world is full of many other races and cultures and backgrounds and religions... Like, so, like, obviously what we're getting is that they're fighting Lucifer, who's like a fallen angel, Mr. Morningstar, that Sabrina is, you know, the daughter of, through rape, she also isn't confronting her poor mother's trauma. Anyway, (laughs) we have this very, like, patriarchal, white, cis situation here mm-hmm. but the existence of 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 the, the the black witch who comes in from new orleans like she doesn't get her magic from him and any other like if you were mm-hmm. to encounter like a chinese witch or like you know an indian witch or a south american or islander witch like they're also well 
South American might also get it from somewhat Christian Catholicism, Catholicism kind of thing, possibly. But I think like all these different places, like they're not getting their magic from that. Mm-hmm. So where are they? So what I'm thinking is like there's there could be a different chosen one. There could be different magic that we could. It could just be different religions. Um, that become the center of uh, media (laughs) ever. Could you imagine? Um, Um, Yeah. White people. (laughs) Yeah. Just imposing their feelings on everybody. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of flaws with, like, a a teenage protagonist in this case of, like, that she really never has to suffer. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's the point of, like, when you're writing, that's the first thing they tell you, right, is to make your protagonist suffer. Yeah. And that's how they're going to learn. But Sabrina never learns. She just goes in and she thinks that she knows what's right in all her 16 years of living in her very secluded world. Yeah. But of course she knows better. And no, she can't tell her aunts who have gone through so much Yeah. for her and for everyone that they love and are incredibly powerful women in their own right. Cannot tell them. Cannot confide in her fellow witches or her friends who... Despite, like, not being near Miss Chosen One and being, like, cast aside. There's no reason that they should be friends after season, like, the first episode. Well, like, even still, I guess, like, like... <laughs> Sabrina's off doing all her stuff and, like, dealing with being the Queen of Hell and all that stuff. And they're, like, they form their band and they're just, like, yeah. Riverdale over there. But, like, she's never there and they are, like, flourishing. Yeah. Like, they are all figuring themselves out. They're getting powerful. They're falling in love. They're being like, that's the story I want to watch. I don't care about what Sabrina's doing. I really yeah. don't want it. I don't want to watch this music video where she's a cheerleader. I don't care. <laughs> I don't, like, it's so dumb. The only scene I enjoyed was, like, when she tried to, like, save, there's, like, a kid who was missing, and she tried to save the kid, and she thought she can, like, yeah, when well, she's in the icebox. Yeah. Yep, I saw that one. And then she's like about to die and the look It's when to she's the uh when she is the Grim Reaper essentially. Yeah. And she has to like That was a fun episode. Kill someone and she had to make a deal with that guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like Lilith had to come and save her. And I was just like, maybe you just save the little girl. But like I still don't think she like really understood yeah. like w- what her role is now. Like, you're no, you have to be evil, hon. You have yeah. to be evil. And now there's like two of her. She's Whatever. like trying to be evil, but isn't like won't accept the fact that it's the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> and like so, there's like, the chosen what um, trope comes up a lot in media, and there's ways to do it wrong. There's many ways to do it wrong. Like with Sabrina, who's this like she's aware of her protagonist armor, mm-hmm. so she like wears it and she goes in and does whatever she wants. But there's also like so on Netflix, they also have Warrior Nun. Mm-hmm. There's a protagonist named Ava who, before becoming the chosen one, was someone who had, who was paralyzed. In a car accident. Yeah. And so then through, like, magics and and more pseudo-Christian themes, um, becomes, like, an angel sort of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. A warrior nun. And which is also kind of good. Like, every, again, everyone else is more interesting than our protagonist. But then she dies but now she's back to life and she can walk she got powers she can walk but she spends the entire season fighting against being the chosen one which is like that's the first arc of like a chosen one 
theme is like you yeah. fight against it. It doesn't usually last eight episodes, though. No, it doesn't last the whole season until the last episode when she's like, now I'm the chosen one. And I, the only thing I like about it is that when <laughs> she's like, now I'm the chosen one, uh, is that she still kind of sucks. And everyone's like, you, well, okay, you're the chosen one, but you do actually have to like work. Like you do have to like work out and learn how to fight and learn what the world is. Mm-hmm. But like we could have got that like seven episodes previous. Yeah, you could have a water bell <laughs> episode and sort of just let it keep going. And I get like the reluctance and she, you know, wanted to be a kid and she never got her life. And that's the whole yeah. thing about the chosen one is that when you are, you know, thrust upon these responsibilities, there should be like a, a a retaliation against it because that's a lot of pressure, especially on a young person. Like we talked about last episode, your emotions are crazy mm-hmm. and you have no control. And so like in this, like she just fights the entire time, causes people to like die or get hurt. And, yeah. And she just really sucked. And so yeah. that's one way to like fail <laughs> and well, like making them too aware. Yeah. Is a fail. I mean, what they should have done for warrior nun specifically is like the, so big spoilers if you haven't seen it, but the scene where the nun is essentially the one who killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, like gave her poison because she thought she was saving her from the world, which is just really yeah. toxic in terms of disability. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff. Um, but essentially, the time she goes back to seek vengeance and save her like friend who is a boy that like it lives used to live there and like talk to her during mm-hmm. this time. Um, what should have happened is that like at that moment is where she realizes she can use the powers to protect people, yeah. save people. And that should have been the turning moment, not where she just keeps running for another four episodes or however she long does. it was. Like, it should have been that was the thing that changed her to realize that she had power and could use it to save people she cares about. And then the, like, selfishness meter turns off for a second. Yeah. Um, and she starts to realize, like, she can do something big. So. Yeah. And I think, like, and, and that would have made for a good story. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's okay to spend some time on the reluctance because that's a natural human thing to do, to be like, I don't want this power. This is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, and we see that oftentimes with our protagonists who have that big power. So, like, um, I started watching She-Ra, and there's, like, a scene where, like, she's struggling with, like, being, you know, I have to be this warrior now, and I have to protect this world, and just before, I had this whole different idea of what was right and what was wrong, and now you want me to do this. But she has this, like, thing where she realizes, like, but I wouldn't change it. Like, I wouldn't go back to being ignorant. I now have this power. Mm-hmm. I am now awakened to the wrongs of this world. And I have to do something about it. There's, like, no way I can't do anything now. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually happy that I have that knowledge. Like, I don't feel yeah. like it's a burden that now I have to, like, you know, make deal. If anything, I'm, like, playing catch-up because other people knew the world was bad mm-hmm. when I didn't. And I'm just going to figure it out and do, like, thankfully I have this power. I'm going to use it and I'm going to make things better. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, I think every instance where I've seen not a blonde white lady be a protagonist, it's been a good chosen one time. Like Korra. Yeah. Korra was great. Yeah. She's a chosen one. She's the avatar. Fantastic. Great situation. <laughs> yeah, because she struggled a lot. She yeah. Was a very, like, she really was getting it handed to her mm-hmm. quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there are a few instances where we get, like, Kipo. Mm-hmm. another instance to like the chosen one of sorts uh mm-hmm. who has this like wonderful journey and there's like tons of great instances of it but i think if we keep just replaying 
blonde lady now has powers is chosen. La da da da. It's it's tired. Yeah, we don't need it anymore. I agree, and you know, like, so there's enough um, of it. <laughs> Lovecraft Country has you know started and been going on, and there are episodes which you know because it's it's about magic, but it's also about racism, mm-hmm. and so I think like I I love that we're seeing. Um, how that intersects and and especially in American history. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but even like in episode three of Lovecraft country, they invite like a a witch to bless the house and to exercise the house. And she is a black woman and she does it the way that her people have always done it. And Mm -hmm. it is just as powerful as the white magic because it propels the, like in the next episode, we see that a woman can't enter the house. It's arguably more powerful because of that. Yeah, because they never imagined that she'd exercise this house. And she yeah. did, right? Yeah, they had no faith. Yeah, and so I think like that is a phenomenal thing when we're talking about like magic and what needs to happen. And I, I understand like just like in the last one, the last episode, these were things that are adapted, right? So it's not like we're going to, we're not expecting a whole lot, right? Like we're not expecting these incredible changes. Like if you made Sabrina black, the world would have been in an uproar. They get mad when you make black characters black. <laughs> okay. Like think about um, the Hunger Games mm-hmm. when they got mad that, um, what was the young girl's name? Rue. Rue. Yeah. Um, or if they don't make them black and they're supposed to be, like in the other one, the not Hunger Games, but the other teen apocalypse. Uh. Divergent. Divergent. Yes. So, like, I get that. You can't do that. But you could, like, don't masquerade yourself as being feminist and. Like an intersectional feminism show. Yeah. If that's not. What are you going to do? Just, like, and that's why, so. People are always like, why don't you watch American Horror Story? And honestly, I was a big fan in season one and season two. Mm-hmm. I was a great fan. Season three totally spoiled it for me because Ryan Murphy was like, look at my feminist show. I have women of all... Look, at I put Angela Bassett in here. Come on, you guys love her. You love her, right? She loves. She's a witch. She's played that before. Come on. Um, and then they made her significantly less powerful than the white witches. She was just like... A parody of like what Louisiana witches are and diminutive in, in comparison, despite being based on a real powerful black witch. Like <laughs> we can do that, right? Mm-hmm. And and also having um, what is her name? G- Gabourey, oh, Precious, the actress mm. for Precious. I'm so sorry, I cannot remember her name. Up, it's like Gabourey or something. But, like, they had this great opportunity of having that that woman as a witch and to be, like, about body positivity. And they totally degraded her. And they totally ruined her. And they hurt her. And made her, again, diminutive in comparison. Mm-hmm. And all of the women were pa- powerless. There was no real rules as well. Like, they spent the whole se- season being, like, it's really, like, only the most powerful witches can do this one thing. And then at the end, all of them can do it despite, like, no practice. Like, it was a very lackluster, just look over. And then they did, you know, they had their, right after that was uh, the circus where they just played up a lot about disabilities that I wasn't about. Mm-hmm. There was a lot. And so. <laughs> Problematic performative times. Yes. Which is why um, I just can't, I can't get with it. And so I fight people often and I get it. And Ryan Murphy does other things and I, and he's, you can like him, but I don't because I think it is performative. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Sabrina is. 
Like, she ain't trying to help anybody. She's not trying to liberate anyone. She is not trying to be the feminist head of anything. She just wants what she wants. Mm-hmm. And she's going to get it. And if other people happen to get something nice out of it, sure. If they also happen to get hurt, oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we ever get to go outside again, you know, new media. Yeah. New media. Is, and we see, like, a little bit of it. You know, there's been little, like, blips of hope. Um, like, as we were saying, like, Cora, Kipo. Yeah. Like, some stories. I, I would like Crap some Country. that aren't cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you love Crap Country, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, films, too. But it's, yeah, hopefully 2020 after the fact. 2021. Yeah. It's going to be another year. Um, where hopefully, where outside happens and new things can be made. And if there's some new chosen times that they're done right. Yeah. I don't know. Or we all fight everybody. I don't know. And I get that it's, I also understand the reluctance because it, it is hard. Like they redid the charm or they tried to redo the charm series and it was mm-hmm. all women of color. I believe they were Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And I tried to watch it and it was bad. Mm. It was like just not written well at all. And didn't have, like, the same, like, yeah, like, you had to just make it stand out, and it didn't, and so it fell. And I think the problem with that was, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't written very well, and it wasn't really the time, and they just didn't promote it properly or, like, give it the justice that it deserved. And now, where we are having a lot more, you know, vocal parties kind of talking about how they want representation, and it's, like... You know, we have a lot of BIPOC who are creating amazing horror content that mm-hmm. needs to be lifted up, right? Um, Nia DaCosta's Candyman has been pushed back to next year or something to look forward to. We have Antebellum. Mm-hmm. We have Lovecraft Country from yeah. Misha Green. Um, we have a great, a lot of amazing Latinx horror that's out there because, like, the Latinx community loves horror and mm-hmm. never gets the representation that it deserves. We have indigenous horror. We have so many, like, amazing horrors about... Uh, horror stories here in America, um, like Quantum, uh, Blood, Blood Quantum, mm. uh, which is an in, in indigenous uh, horror story. It's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, it's happening. It's well, I think happening. it's like, don't remake something. Make something that's your, like, that is authentic to what you're trying to put out there. Don't yeah. just remake a show that was problematic because of the rep- lack of representation. Like, don't... Remake friends, but with BOC people. <laughs> no, we have just, yeah, just, yeah, just do just do a different thing. Do yeah. a thing that's yours and like that has needed to exist. And just because y'all weren't in the room, because white people didn't let you be in the room and it was messed up, now make your own rooms. Mm-hmm. And like, don't let them get away with lackluster. Like, mm-hmm. don't let these creators who are making stuff in and trying to advertise it as being something woke or profound or against the norm don't let them get yeah. away with it like don't let lee Wanell and his invisible man get away without you know criticism right yeah don't let disney and their four white people writers make mulan and not get any slack for it for being incredibly like lacking in anything that is authentically chinese <laughs> in a story that is chinese like we keep creating media um or people keep creating media that they don't have the rights to or masquerading it as something bigger than it is Mm -hmm. but if those people are not in the room if those parties that you're trying to represent don't have a voice in it then it's gonna fall flat yeah and it's gonna be obvious like it's gonna show yeah um 
Yeah. Yeah. So also, you said woke, which reminds me, everyone go watch woke. It's really <laughs> great. Um, it's a show on Hulu. Yeah, and that's a good like genuine kind of look at like the different ways that people handle being woke in today's mm-hmm. age. Um, in a, about dope. art and about culture and about you as a person kind of struggling with the duplicity of. You know, we're not sponsored by them. It's no, just, it's just, we were <laughs> no, watching it before we did the show. And I'm sure, like, we could. I mean, we offer lots of criticism for a lot of things, and you know, I just started it, so I'm sure I, I might have one thing or two to, to pick at because I do that. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, yeah, uh, we can have a chosen one story that follows the the narratives of like you know, teen who you know wants to fight back because Ava's also that that takes place in Spain. Yeah, like it's. I wish she had a Spanish accent, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, and, like, she's also pretty light-skinned, too. But that's, it's Spain. Um, but, like, we can have these, like, POC, BIPOC protagonists who are the chosen one who would probably give us a way more authentic struggle, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and would give us more for the intersectionality than a white protagonist would in that, like... It, it, like the the show really just does follow that whole idea of uh, that we have struggled with in the feminist movement, mm-hmm. and that really is by like you know focusing on these women who are just looking for their thing, right? Like, um, who's the the woman who Susan B. Anthony? Mm, she yeah. said that she would hate to see black women being having the right to vote. That she would like rather die than to fight for that. Because mm-hmm. she was racist, <laughs> right? Like that's what that is. But we we build statues for her as well. Yeah. As feminists, right? We're like we got the right to vote, but we're forgetting that there, you know, the the years in which it took after that mm-hmm. for us to get the right to vote. And so I think like when we see someone like Sabrina and these characters who are like falling to the wayside and picking up her messes, it's just replicating history. And it is harmful and it's sad because it deserves better. And it's just like, I I mean, I think the aesthetic is cute. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. Yeah, it's, (laughs) I mean, it's Riverdale. There's only so much you can really ask. I mean, it's the Riverdale world, Mm -hmm. right? So it's just like teens being cute. And I think the problem is that they tried to pretend to be woke and they're not woke. Yeah. And it's like, I guess, I guess we could get a pretty decent amount of, like, flack from people who are like, you just don't like white people. And it's like, no, I mean, we're not saying, like, burn all the movies of the last 50 to 60 years that were <laughs> primarily taken up by yeah. white people. We're saying allow other people to also make stuff. Yeah. Or, like, do it right. You know, like, I mean, yeah. Sabrina could have been something if she if she really valued Roz's life. Mm-hmm. If she took... And understood Prudence's struggles yeah, and opportunities. Struggles. Yeah, like she really, like we genuinely could have gotten a pretty great story. Like even in Riverdale, like there is some, there's very little conversation about um, uh, Josie, right, mm. and and the struggles that she has. But there is like a line in, in which she has to like rise and like work a little harder because her her mom is so important and looks at her and like you have to work hard i'm sorry you have to do more Mm. than your white classmates and like that is authentic in itself like why can't we have that conversation like prudence never gets to be black and the moment like that she ever got to was with that that one witch and even still it's so minimized like if you could do that then it would be okay yeah it's like both cat and i are white i'm half white you're very white (laughs) 
So it's not like we're all here hating everyone, right? But it's about what you're telling. And it's Mm -hmm. about being conscious of these harmful tropes and traditions that we see in film and actively working to to minimize those and, mm-hmm. and get those out of the way. We don't need them anymore. Yeah. We can work together. It, we can make it intersectional. Yeah. Right? Like, do it. Like, don't say you're going to do it and then and not, then do, not it. do it. <laughs> yeah, that's... We, we just want, like... We're going to be critical until it's better. Yeah. I'm, like, cautiously optimistic, honestly, because, like, I feel like this year has been, like, the catalyst mm-hmm. for a lot of people to really unpack everything. Yeah. And that... Instead of just, oh, we'll probably see a lot of performative stuff. But there, I feel like there might be some good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, yeah, it's just, like, people unpacking everything and, and even acknowledging. Like, performative, to a degree, is helpful in some ways because at least there's something happening, right? Yeah. Like, they're at least acknowledging that there's an issue and that, like, it needs to change. So, like, sometimes even just accidentally in your performance, you are impacting somebody else who doesn't know it's a performance. Yeah. Um, That's not to say settle for that. We don't want performative. We want... Authentic and real. Authentic. We want to change, right? And the only way to do that is to include those voices. We're not saying throw out the whole team for (laughs) Sabrina, because I think they've been very honest uh, in relation to the, the, the media that they're adapting from and... A lot of the characters that are there have the ability and the potential to be great. Mm-hmm. And they just hadn't gotten the attention for that. And if there was someone who, who could believe in that in the room, they would have enough authority to say, like, actually, I think you, like, can you please make Prudence black? Like, can you give her that feeling? Yeah. Like, can you give her, like, a, an interaction with, like, another black woman where she's like, oh, yeah. That's why <laughs> this whole time my life has been like this. Like, yeah. Prudence needs to get woke, and I would love that. I think it would be a great story. I think she would make a great protagonist um, and is, like, honestly the only reason to watch it. Uh, as well as, yeah, like, I think Theo and Roz, not Harvey. Um, Harvey was supposed to die. He should have died. That's yeah, fine. he was supposed to die in episode one, according to the comic. So it should have just happened. He's just like, ugh. He was the worst, honestly, the whole time. He's just Ross as can bad do as Sabrina. Yeah, Ross can do better. Yeah, he's just as bad as Sabrina because he also is like, but me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, a lot. Like, what about all the other people who got hurt in the collapse? But it's your brother who's the important one, right? Like, he's the one we have to bring That's back. That's the whole thing. So your dad's whole- an alcoholic. Like, dude, Ross is blind. can we please anyway uh everyone only knows their own struggle until they're forced to do otherwise so yeah doesn't make it right (laughs) it's not an it's not a good excuse yeah it's only what he has yeah um but i mean i have watched all three seasons of sabrina and i will watch the fourth one because i do like the other characters i love the aesthetics i love when they say stuff like like he'll say satan Satan, Mm -hmm. or uh or like hell's yes or yeah. like oh heaven like or what the heaven is going on like i love yeah. those are like so silly and i think it's cute i also love lilith i wish they did her justice this last season she's been just she's been another pawn and her I want story her to fight started back. really cool um yeah as you said became kind of like a pawn she could do something. I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing to take away from Serena is that there are so many opportunities to do something really cool. Mm-hmm. And, and they, feminist. And they settled with safe and fun. Yeah. And that's the problem. And cheerleaders. 
Like, yeah. I think the show writers need to realize that Sabrina is not the protagonist and is not everyone's favorite character. They need to realize that. And then they would be able to make a show that was cool. Because mm-hmm. if they could do that, they can make Lilith actually powerful. Like, what kind of feminist show has this all-powerful witch, the first one, and then makes her nothing? Like, she bows down to Satan on numerous occasions. And it's like, what? why is that what we get? How are you feminist? Because maybe they're not. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it has a lot of room to grow. And unfortunately, it only gets one more season. But it was fun. It's cute. And I think we can learn from it, which is the real value. I argue it is a tool to pacify us. <sighs> That's Give true. them a little bit of what they want. Yeah. Not the full thing. Yeah, yeah. Because then the, fe- you know, the feminists will stop crying. Because mm-hmm. what are we... Um, what do they call, what's the slur they try to use? Nasty woman? No. No. The other one. The SJW. <laughs> like, okay, you called me a warrior? <laughs> so I'm gonna say yeah? Yeah. Like, why is that an insult? Yes, as a matter of fact. Oh, social justice warrior. I am a social justice warrior. Thank you like, for acknowledging 100% that. 100% badge of honor social justice warrior. That is not an insult to me. Yeah. I'm like, yes. I am fighting the good fights for social justices. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? It's like, why would justice, social justice be a negative? Yeah, like, well, imagine just like being on the other end of that. Just be like, oh, it's so dumb that you believe in things and I want to fight for people. Just be selfish equality. like me. <laughs> Jerry, you want equality. How disgusting. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> Proud SJWs here yep. on the goals next door. It's not an insult. Um, but yeah, as we say, uh, don't get married. Delete, Delete your, your kids. kids. Um, or they're like a witch or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. You can watch Sabrina or not. That's really fine. It's for children. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.